wasn't out there. Keys um, just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for us. Yeah, yeah, we're back. Just dishing at 85. Um, I'd say joined as always by Tudes and Derek, but we are without Tudes today. Um, he's on a bye week. This week had some stuff come up. No biggie. Um, me and Derek got it. Um, it's probably going to be an episode of just gassing up the Buffalo Sabres and Kevin Adams. Which is I'm, fine by me. I'm partially kidding, but there's going to be some of that for sure. Um, but yeah, big D. How's the week going, my friend? Not bad. Very busy week. Um, I hear you there. Catching up from, we had a very uh, couple of shoots over the weekend. Um, thin man at the Bills Stadium and stuff. So catching up with all the editing and everything. Laundry list of stuff going on. Yeah, for sure. Want um, to get it right out there uh, too. Everyone who came to the store opening, thank you. That was amazing. Um, pretty surreal night. For me personally, I feel like I speak for a good amount of people involved, but it's just, uh, it's crazy. It's surreal. We're not here without all of you. So really, really appreciate that. Um, had some awesome guests pop in. It was a great time. Um, it's good to see the support from everyone because it's like, I feel like we usually deal with the online support. Everyone's commenting and stuff. It was just nice to see everyone in person. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, it was, it was amazing. Um, thank you to uh, Yoki Haru, Rasmus Stalin. Um, you know, Deion the support Dawkins. those guys showed. A lot of gifts were sent to us. That's that's awesome. Um, Mr. Dawkins, Mr. Khalil Shakir. I forgot about Shakir. bunch of bunch of people showed yeah. showed love for the boys, and it was, it was awesome. good to just have the whole team out there. It's yeah, not too often that we get the whole squad together. I know it's tough for sure. Um, had a blast. Had a couple sodies. <laughs> it was good. Good old fun. Um, yeah. So the uh, oh, I'm in the middle of sweating a Champions League bet, and Liverpool just scored. So that's awesome. So, Love that. Little less sweat. Little less sweat. Nice. Just a bit. Um, and they're also my team, so I need to see them. Pick up some wins here. They've been on a rough streak. It's been, it's very, been not, a very nonchalant reaction to uh, your team scoring a goal because I've, they've been. It's been tough. Where it's just like <laughs> just now when they do when they point. do good things when they're playing how I know they can or they should be. Um. So when I know when I see that I'm like excited, but when they're playing bad and then they start doing stuff that they should be, I'm just like okay. Yeah. Thank like you for meeting should, my expectations. We should have been doing this the whole time. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's tough, dude. It's a weird season for soccer with the World Cup, um, you know, in the middle of the year like this. So it's it's going to be like – I think it's going to end up being like two different seasons. Kind of well, yeah, like – it's a whole. I mean, it's a whole month off, right? Yeah. Over a month or something like that? It's pretty yeah. much a full month. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And like November I think, is like mid – like, yeah, so the last game is a few days before Christmas, but none of the leagues start again until I think the 26th of December. And they, still I think, not the, that much time in between. Yeah, it's like quick turnaround. It's it's kind of hectic, but I'm interested to Especially see for what all of the travel with. too, because like I mean, like the United States players, tons of travel, even for from Europe. 
like yeah. to get to there is a good amount of travel. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like 10, 12 hours of travel roughly for them still. Yeah. Too. So like definitely not going to be easy. I'm going to, I'm very interested to see how uh, they're going to keep these players from not dying out in the middle of the de- desert. Basically. <laughs> I mean, yeah. They're probably going to be hanging out in the AC a lot during the day. Cause I think most of the games are in the evening, their time. That makes from what sense. I understand, that, so that makes sense. But it's I like mean, just, it's like early morning or early evening. It's like I thought it was like earlier. Or no, no, it's early morning for us, so it's like evening for them. It still just blows my mind, though, like that you can literally see the corruption. Like, <laughs> I yeah, because like they're making so many exceptions that normally would not happen, and it's literally all because the they just Saudi, have the money. The yeah, just paid a fuck ton of money to just have a world cup there basically yeah so i and, uh, you, and you've seen like some big name there's been like uh hamas rodriguez he's colombian he was yeah he's mm-hmm. kind of yeah you know who he is but he's yep. kind of his career's taking kind of a weird turn um kind of sucks to see i was always a fan of him but he popped off at the last world cup actually I believe, yeah but, yeah he had like four goals in one game i think or something yeah like that's that. what got him the move from uh the next step up that's what got him to real madrid for a while but he um he went there to uh that the league in in Qatar and he left very quickly. I think one transfer window went by. Like so, he played like half a season and he left. He was miserable right away. Yeah, so I don't know from what Colombia or well, yeah, but he played predominantly in Europe. So I think but his still, big first move. He should be used to playing in Colombia. You know, like the little elevation in Colombia is big too. Yeah, um, but I don't. You know tricky i don't know man it's it's strange but it's a it's a cool event i'm interested to see how the u.s does um especially with fun event to bet on oh yeah my you know so there's a lot of good countries that aren't in it but there's going to be some fun matchups too um you're like italy isn't in it right yeah so i gotta figure i gotta find a new backup for uh for who's gonna be the like who i cheer for if the u.s goes out like that kind of thing i got mine who do you got? I'm German. You got German? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah watching I, – I will say a core memory of mine um, was watching in my grandparents' living room who are, like, fresh off the boat Germans, um, you know, mm-hmm. watching them uh, absolutely manhandle Brazil uh, oh. in that World Cup was, like, one of the best things I've ever seen because, like, we were just in shock. Like, we didn't expect that to, like, even happen. I'm, like, sitting in my grandparents' living room, and they're just scoring and scoring and scoring. In Brazil. In Brazil, in the capital stadium. Yeah, I, I, I fully was expecting that game to be like one. The Neymar, the Neymar show. Yeah, Neymar scores a big goal. A one to one game, like going down to, like right down to penalties. I figured. It yeah. Happening. And they just fucking steamrolled them. Yeah, yeah, I watched that entire game. That was one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen. Um. So yeah, like I said, interested to see where that goes. Um, another thing too, we have to talk about is the Buffalo Sabres. hundred percent. We're recording this that. on Tuesday. Um, I was at the arena last night well, against yeah. the Red Wings and electric. It was half full and it did not feel like it. No, they, I know. It, it was like, awesome. It was definitely like, I saw the lower bowl was pretty empty, but it sounded pretty good. And the amount of hats that got thrown on the fucking ice seemed like it was a full game. 
Oh, dude, there was a section of these three dudes dressed as like uh, cowboys, kind of Dutton Ranch style from Yellowstone. And yeah. all three of them simultaneously frisbeed their hats. And I they mean, just, just, it was, you. it was so clean because they each did it. Like they didn't like look at each other and they like, because just... I saw them and I was like, when Tage got a second goal, I was like, all right. I got to pay attention to this because this will be interesting. If the hats go, I want to see what these fellas do. And they just within a second of each other had off pew, sent it just beautiful Love tosses. Love um, I, th- I don't know for sure, but it looked like the way that they were like pointing and jabbing at each other. I think there might've been a pre-set up thing where they were trying to see who got closest to center ice dot. I think there might've been a little side action there. Um, you know, the Love gambler that. and me picked up, might've picked up a little vibe or two there on that. um but yeah what a game uh you know it's just where do you start it's so early so so early but yeah we still haven't we haven't made it to our uh 10 game uh benchmark yeah yeah exactly but they are playing for each other they're playing hard they got an edge to them and they're playing you can tell that they're just having fun young guys look great i mean quinn had his had his Really, first really good game, I would say, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, what a gorgeous, shot that kid has. Crazy shot, and then follows it up with a gorgeous hip check right afterwards. Oh, yeah. Uh, awesome. I live for a good hip check, especially, mm-hmm. like, where you don't have to lower Star player on stud, too. Yeah, literally just, like, just drops the body on him. Clean hip check. Oh, very clean. I mean, he had his – that guy had his head down the whole fucking time. Hip right in his gut. Just yep. fucking buried them. Yeah, you, can, awesome. you can't ask for a better hip check than those. And I think the reason I just love them is because the situation for them does not arise very often. Yeah, it's a special thing. Mm-hmm. You see a guy lining it up, you're like, ooh. You and usually, and, and, and half the time, they do end up missing it because the timing is so fucking hard because oh, you have to literally NHL. be C-cutting yeah. into them at the same time that they're accelerating. Yeah. And you basically have to catch them with their head down or they're going to see it and slip by you. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, top to bottom, there's. I think it's the sa- the where was one Sabres forward that did not get a point. Uh, Victor Olsson. Um, not to call him out or anything. It's Yo. just, it's, you know what I mean. But like, Tate, it's speaking Tate to was, how Tate yeah. Thompson with six points. And yeah, again, Olafson's still factor, getting shots, getting open looks, just didn't bounce for him. But you know, it's not like he was irrelevant in the game. It's just crazy when you can say that. I don't know, even know how many times that's happened in the history of the league. Um, I'd be interested to look that up. Yeah, no, it was a very, it was a very good game. Um, I mean, when was the last time the Sabers scored eight goals? No, uh, I eight, mean, yeah. The Red Wings games last year were really high scoring. I remember too. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I just felt bad for that goalie. That goalie's the goalie. Yeah, that, I was gonna ask that. That's so funny. Just, bring that up. You left him in there. Left him in. His fucking jockstrap was on the skyway, and they just like kept leaving him <laughs> in. Honestly, it was terrible. I was just like, I feel so bad for this guy. He's just having a bad night, and literally just like, and then to cap it off with Tage Thompson's goal. I mean, that's just demoralizing. That was if I, I know everybody has seen it when I now that I saw the video of it, but my initial look was in person and that was right in front of my seat. So I had like an awesome view of it. The it was so I'm I'm sad not everybody could witness that in person because the 
he just had everybody on the ice just turned inside out, it looked like. And it just – every movie made it just opened up for him. And it was so quick and just composure. Like, it's just a gorgeous hockey play. Like, I don't even know what else to say about it. It was fucking awesome. And the, both the other ones were snipes too, like good moves and shit like that. I mean, just amazing goals all around. The team is buzzing together. It's exciting to see. Eric Comrie looks pretty damn good in between the pipes. Um, but, yeah, Derek, I don't know what uh, what other stuff you have. I, I'm just kind of – like I'm trying – I was talking with a buddy about this, and I'm like – we're like whispering about like how good the Sabres look because we we don't want it we, – we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But it's like that – I don't know if you experience this too, Derek. It's like that quiet feeling of you're like – we got a fucking hockey team here, but yeah, like, we don't want to you know, we, yeah, we don't wanna, we've seen this before. We're just kind of scarred, but it's like, it's totally, totally different. Like, yeah. I feel like that's a common theme around, you know, whatever you no, want to say. Sabres Twitter in the arena among the, you know, community, the fans, the vibes that I get, it seems like everyone collectively is like eyes wide open. This is way different than when we thought we were making progress in years past. Yeah. I mean, during this drought. It's definitely been different. Um, I still think we need to get past our whatever 12. 12 oh, yeah. Games, but oh, yeah. Big time. For whatever time. reason, the Buffalo Sabres love to perform until about 12 games. And then it's like a really hard drop off after that. Um, yeah. So I'm going to hold my breath until then. But I would definitely say it's a different team. Goaltending looks really solid. Um, young guys are showing a lot of promise. I mean, yeah, they're having their mistakes here and there. Um, wouldn't you know i i can definitely say you know owen power shows a lot of a lot of promise but he's definitely i can he's right in line with dolly and when he stepped into the league honestly i mean i think power's a little bit ahead um just i would say i would and yeah playing college collegiate hockey i think is a little bit more geared towards the nhl um but he's still getting burnt here and there throwing the puck you know, left, you know, a little bit, but you know, that's just stuff that defensemen are going to do and they have to learn um, the hard way. They're going to get burnt a couple times, uh, but everything positive. Um, it's crazy that we have a battle, honestly, for the low, the, the scratched players. I feel like every single player that's a healthy scratch could be on the team every single night. I mean, mm-hmm. you got Vinny Henestrosa, who is literally, I mean, he's, he jumps into the lineup. He's so good. Um, I mean, Henestrosa and Quinn have been back and forth. Um, and then, obviously, the defense, you know, normally we'd be carrying extra defensemen, but being down defense, we're, uh, we're a little short in that, you know, in that aspect with uh, Yoki Harz still out, correct? Yes. Yoki Harz out, Samuelson's out. So, like, two of – I mean, they're playing well, and we're missing arguably two of our, two of our top defense, you know, some of our – and I'd say two of our top three. I mean, I mean, you go. Da, I'd say Dalian, Yoki Haru, and Samuelson are probably mm-hmm. the top three right now. Uh, not in any order, but I'd say you know if we're gonna split the split the defensemen and. I'd say uh, that's a pretty accurate order. The only thing that's gonna change is you know. But Darlene's the best defenseman for sure. Yeah, and, I, and you know who I would say is actually having a very strong year and a very good um, little tip to the cap of Kevin Adams. Ilya Labushkin has looked really solid this year. Mm-hmm. Um, really aggressive player holding his own. Um, 
getting chippy, standing up for the young guys, and he's really not that big of a guy, and he's throwing his body around left and right. Uh, Those Russians are like that. Yeah, man. they're crazy. Um, yeah. I mean, I give him a lot of credit. That's a great find. Um, I, I truthfully didn't know much about him before this year, so that's definitely a good deep GM find, you know, just finding a player that's kind of buried on – because he played for the Rangers before this, right? Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs. Okay, so, yeah, either way, buried on that lineup, you know, from you – know, I like can imagine he couldn't wait to get the hell out of there. Yeah, time. no, there's so many so many good players there. It's a tough lineup to crack and stuff. I mean, but you, we got to pause for a second here. I mean, I don't know if he – which is weird to me, seeing how he's playing this year. Am I kind of anti-Leafs a little bit as far as the organization, the fan base, the media? I think they're fucking insane. Um, but nothing ever personal to any of the players, obviously. Right. But like, what does it say? What's going on in Toronto? If they thought they didn't need a guy like Yulia Labushkin on their back and and, they're they're struggling, they're soft. Yeah. Yeah, They're, they're not doing really well. Um, I mean, they got bullied by fucking Arizona the other night. I mean, ended up losing that game too. Um, I mean, just, yeah. I did see that. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah they were down three nothing in the second period to them. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And they went, they went out, they had an own four road trip out West. Yeah. That's bad. And sure. when was the last time that you, that we can say that we went three and one on the, on the West coast. Oh yeah. Sabres fans. Hell yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it, man. Um, I think, I, I don't know if you, if you've noticed, <laughs> Um, like you talked about Owen Power and stuff. Mm-hmm. For me, I would say he is definitely ahead of Darlene when he was yeah, giving yeah, comparable yeah, points. Sure. Yeah. I love that. For I don't know if you've noticed this too, mm-hmm. but he even when he fucks up, he never loses that composure, that patience, or that confidence. It's just for me what I see. It's him adjusting to the speed mentally. Yeah, he's just making split decisions, like just the wrong split decisions, I would say. Um, and like that and, goal. And it's, mostly, and it's mostly fire, you know, mostly turning. And yeah, that's the typical. I mean, it happens all over the place. I just feel like that's like a very typical benchmark for players that are not comfortable is when as soon as they get the puck, they turn and fire it up ice. I mean, and throwing it in whatever direction. And like, See, not that he doesn't really do that. Not that he does it a lot, but I can still see him make that panic move, you know, when he is in a tough situation. But at the same time, there's other, you know, he there's times when he's leading the rush and he has no problems on that. And he's, um, you know, stepping in there, going to the half wall and then opening it back up. So there's definitely a lot of good and bad from there. Um, I like to see the confidence of him leading the charge. He definitely wants to step up in the play. Um but yeah, I think I mean, it's any defenseman, you just have to get burned so many times in order to learn. It's learning that he could afford to hesitate and think an extra second in college. And he's, he's still, learning yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. now. That's mm-hmm. like the biggest thing I notice. When he you just said he's confident when he's up with the puck. I love what he's doing there. Even sometimes then he's more passive. I want to see him shoot more. Got a great shot. Um, but it's also like He's making the mistakes. I want to see a defenseman who should win at least one Norris trophy in the future as the franchise's, you know, best overall defenseman, possibly, or top pair defenseman with Darlene someday would be wild. 
But like, I don't know, man. Those are the mistakes I want to see him making. Now, it's not being too passive and like a, playing afraid to make a mistake. He's still trying to be the player he is and be an X factor out there from what I'm seeing. Uh, I mean, it's – yeah, I, I completely agree with you. He's definitely showing a lot of good signs. Um, is it crazy to say that, like, there is potential for two Norris trophy? I mean, two Norris trophies on our team with two different defensemen? Like, Yeah, could I that don't think that's happening? crazy at all. Like, I mean, Because if, like, if Darlene gets, like, fucking – has a great, yeah. If he has a if great, he's, you know, ninety to hundred points as a defenseman, like he's already in the consideration. Yeah, he's gonna be in there. And if this, it depends how good the team's doing. Like you can easily have both of them in the conversation for the Norris. I think in you know relatively quick future at the same time. Um, but it'd be awesome to, you know, see them both win one. Obviously, and I think you're crazy if you don't see the potential or think the potential is there for that to happen yeah. for both of them, right? When was the last time a team had two Norris Trophy winners on it? I don't even know if it's ever happened. Probably um, not. I mean, I'm just trying to think just because it's so far and few to for a team to even have a Norris Trophy winner. Um, I mean, it's it's essentially like winning MVP for defensemen. I mean, it's the same amount of play, you know, same amount of players out there. Um, only one player wins it. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, like a weird question to ask too, because it's like you you kind of just have to look to see like if the if there's guys that are on the same team. Oh, here you go. I already see one: Chris Pronger and Al McKinnis back to back years. Yep. Okay. Ninety That's impressive. Ninety-eight, ninety-nine. Al McKinnis won it, and ninety-nine, two thousand. Pronger won it. Um, so yeah, that's the most immediate one I see. Ray Bork with the Bruins, Potvin with the Islanders. Well, maybe uh, Harry Robinson and Chris Chelios may have been on the same team at the same time. But that's a that's but that one would be eighty eight eighty nine was Chelios and then Robinson last one in seventy nine eighty so actually maybe you know maybe maybe not yeah you'd have to dig in there a little more and also I forgot that from nineteen sixty seven to nineteen seventy five there was one Norris Trophy winner and his name was Bobby Orr I did not realize he won it consecutively that many times. That's One, impressive. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight consecutive Norris trophies. That's, that's fucking wild. wild. Did <laughs> not know that. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Fun, fun quick trivia for you here, Derek. Do you know who the very first winner of the Norris trophy was in 1953-54 season? Um, Jack Norris. <laughs> Yeah, his name goes by the name of Red Kelly of the Red Detroit Kelly. Red Wings. Interesting. Yeah, interesting history of this trophy. Because then the next year, oh, there's another one: Tom Johnson and Doug Harvey. 
Harvey won at 57, 58, Tom Johnson, 58, 59. So that's a back-to-back. -back. And then the year, the next year, Doug Harvey won it again. Hmm. Holy shit, dude. This is kind of crazy. All right, so Red Kelly wins it first year. The next four consecutive Doug Harvey of the Canadians wins it. Then there's a break year. His teammate, Tom Johnson of the Canadians, wins it. And then Doug Harvey wins it again the next three years. That's impressive. I, But, okay, I feel like, though – Back in the day, good defensemen were hard to come by. Now, because they didn't ever let a, if you were good skillfully offensively back in the day, you never would play defense, you'd play offense. They yeah. would never leave that type of player back there. Makes sense. It's definitely just, yeah, the, the defenseman role is just way different now. Um, yeah, it's crazy I think that they, uh, the players, uh, there's a lot more changeover with the Norris Trophy now because of that. Yeah. For sure, my man. That was interesting. Glad I looked that up. Anyways, um, anything else in the hockey sphere? that, that um, Obviously, uh, Kessel scoring his 400th goal on the night he breaks the Ironman streak was awesome. I can't yeah, even remember crazy. if we talked about that. That was so well, rock We were talking about it. Uh, we were no, the game was that night last week, so right, yeah, you're right. Um, good, yeah, that's that's something you just love to see. Um, typical Phil Kessel, yeah, us too. It was awesome. Um, yeah, I see. Um, we had a couple injuries too. We got Oshi out indefinitely for the Capitals. Um, not sure what's going on there. Um, Interesting play here. I was just looking at lines, and one of my Twitter guys has Minnesota over six and a half tonight, but Minnesota's missing like three players. So, like, I don't know. And he tweeted that after that was already announced. So, I'm very confused by that move there. Um, yeah. Pretty sure they're missing. They're missing Felino, Caprizov, and someone else. I also uh yeah, I, I don't know. I like the Islanders tonight. That's my No bad. Matt no Matt Dumba or Felino. That's okay. kind of a couple of defensive defensemen and a defensive type player. It's probably a goaltending related thing too. Yeah. Um but yeah, man. Hockey's been crazy. It's been fun so far. Um like I said, I mentioned a couple injuries. Oshi out indefinitely for the Capitals. Drysdale for the Ducks could miss the rest of the season. It stinks. Um, so more to come on that. We'll see where, where those head. But I also, did you see Eric Carlson's goal the other day? Um, I did not. Oh, my God. Vintage Eric Carlson. He, he busts it back, back checks, breaks a play up. Steals the puck immediately, flies back up the ice, and absolutely turns the goalie inside out, roofs it, game winner in OT, like the rock star that he is. If you get a chance to look that up, highly recommend it. Just turn the goalie inside out. It was beautiful. Um, also, as we transition, um, I know the Bills made a couple moves just before we signed on here. It was the NFL trade deadline. We'll obviously recap the Packers game a little with you, but 
I got some news here, uh, Derek. Our yeah, boy, our boy, Calvin Ridley, <laughs> traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars Saw from that. the Falcons. You got to be a weapon to be traded in the middle of the trade deadline while on a year suspension. Baller. Yeah. Happy for him. Love that. Weird, annoying situation. Hope mm-hmm. to see him kind of rectify things, get, you know, bounce back next year. On a team, I mean, I think you could say the Falcons or the uh, the Jaguars are a little bit ahead of the Falcons and like their kind of rebuilds that they're doing. I know the records might not show it now, but I would like to think the, that the Jags are a bit ahead. Um, okay. You know, just with the quarterback situation and all the trickle down from there. But so, Derek, uh, you know, the Bills. Big win against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. It got interesting for a little bit there. Um, got out of that pretty unscathed. Um, Injury-wise, maybe not so much. A couple – obviously, Jordan Poyer. See what goes on there. But what were your thoughts on that game and, um, you know, stuff you liked, which, you know, what concerns you and everything. Um, and then we kind of roll it into uh, the rest of this, you know, trade deadline here. Um, I'll first of all say very good win. Um crazy that Josh Allen probably had his worst game in two years and we still won by 10 points um he didn't not that he looked bad but um made some hasty decisions ball wasn't sticking to guys just trying to rifle stuff in there through two really shitty interceptions some really bad ones that were you know, before they had, you know, been bouncing off of players' hands and stuff, not really his fault. I would say both those interceptions were his fault that night. Um, defense looked really good. I mean, Aaron Rodgers couldn't do anything. Um, definitely had a couple things bounce our way. Um, them losing both their linebackers uh, in the middle of the game was massive. One, two, the disqualification for pushing um, our player on the sidelines our coach on the side. Yeah. yeah. Dummy. Um, and then uh, the other linebacker went down to injury. So like, I mean, obviously just right, right off the bat, the middle of the field is wide open and you're just going to pick apart all of those rookie linebackers that are stepping in. Um, but yeah, it, it was a very good game. Um, awesome to see under the Sunday night lights. Uh, I mean, just total domination. A um, couple moments here and there. I mean, Total domination from the from defending the air. Uh, our run defense looked awful. Um, we got ran all over. Uh, luckily, they were able to make a stop, you know, when it was needed. Um, but yeah, I would just too many big breaks. Way too many big breaks. I mean, 10, 12 yard runs at a time. Um, I don't even want to look up what the averages of the running backs were that night. Probably six, seven yards at least. I want to doubt, but. Um, you know, other than that, all positive stuff. Um, I think you further confirmed with that being one of your more difficult opponents, um, that you're rolling, no one's stopping you. Um, looks like yeah. coming. I mean, what do we have to look forward to at this point? Um, playoffs yeah. and keep everybody healthy. We got Vikings. The Vikings is going to be a tough matchup. I think it'll be a fun um, game. Though. That's going to be a good game. I don't, I, when I, is I, that? I don't think we're going to struggle, um, at all. I think um, – let me look that up really quick. Uh, I mean, to lose your train of thought there. We but play, at, play at the Jets this week. And then um, 
play at the Jets this week, and then we played uh, home against the Vikings. I did not remember. Oh, okay. That was a home Free. game. So. Gotcha. Yep. So not too really concerned about that um, with it being a home game. Um, and then we'll get on to uh, – we'll move on to our uh, – well, I mean, I guess I'll ask you, Benny, how you, what do you think of the game and then move on to our uh, the moves that were made. Mm. <laughs> um, good from what I saw. I understand, you know, you want to say – wasn't the best offensive game. Josh Allen didn't play great, but it was like the biggest takeaway for me is the expectations are always so high and we have such a high standard for them, you know, right now. But like, mm-hmm. even with what was going on, some of the decisions and stuff, um, some of the play, whatever you want to say, there was never a point where I was like, uh oh. Like, it was so obvious that they, the Packers are so irrelevant at wide receiver. It's just yeah. like, and, like, I don't know if you noticed, like, Tariqa on the broadcast could not stop talking about that. And it was like, if that guy is saying it over and over again, it must be, like, insanely obvious in person, too. Like, it, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean? Like, so I don't know what the heck's going on over there. And I mean, you got fucking Aaron Rodgers, and you're just kind of wasting a year of, like, his career at this point when you're paying him all that money. Like, draft some guys like they did. But, like, you got to bring in – decent veterans you gotta be you it's one of those positions now in this game today where it's like you can't have enough wide receivers on your you know somewhere in your organization so um i mean with that being said though um i know nothing about either of these guys that the bills acquired today particularly i know marlo's been here before he's been with mcdermott so obviously that makes sense on defense but Another running back, you know, I, obviously Zach Moss in the deal, um, you know, had a couple interactions with him. Great guy. Um, wishing him the best, obviously, too. Hopefully get some more consistency, some more touches in Indianapolis. But, uh, yeah, the, the Heinz one's interesting. I'm very curious to hear what you think because, I mean, it's obviously another, you know, weapon, but I don't know much about him. Um, you know, when the Bills make a trade for somebody, though, there's something to like there. I would yeah, – I've learned – over the past few seasons so yeah so um he's a he's a uh, receiving back um obviously uh, i did some looking into it because i was a little confused by the move um with how many people uh how many different guys the bills were rumored to be in on um at the deadline um tried to get uh alvin Kamara before the deadline happened um got denied on that one uh, obviously, we're in on the McCaffrey trade also. Uh, but all, all receiving running backs, clearly just giving more weapons to Josh. Um, not that they don't think Singletary can be what they want, um, but I just I think that it's going to end up I, – I think the whole goal was to have Singletary and Cook as the one-two. Um, I just don't think that they're confident enough in Cook uh, with the role as a win now situation um obviously a little bit better to get a veteran in there doesn't hurt uh to help him out uh definitely a lot of promise but some big fumbles and some big situations uh you know i think it's just a matter of a win now move um nothing against you know cook uh you want him to like develop and stuff but when you have this many guys on the team and there's so many roster spots with 
guys that are expiring contracts, it could very well be the last year with this group. Um, the one yeah. that we have right now, not that we can't succeed with another group, but the one that we've built that should have already won a Super Bowl last year, probably got this year with it. Um, that's about it. And then you got to start paying young guys. Um, you're going to lose some key players, some key older guys, I think. Uh, so I think it's just a win now move. Um, I think it's a good move for veteran status. Um, I'm interested to see how they split, you know, the, the, the role with Singletary. Uh, but I, I like it. I don't think there's anything bad um, there. I think it's going to, if anything, you know, just up the production from the running back. And Bean and McDermott have said it from week one. that They're always trying to make the running game, you know, more well-rounded. Uh, I think Naheem Hines definitely helps out a little bit there. Yeah, and honestly, for the draft pick, it was a six-rounder, right? I believe. Yeah, yep. And then Zach Moss, you're kind of – it's player for player almost in a, a, just a yep. straight swap. Yeah, you'll um, get a sixth round. I mean, we'll grab a sixth rounder somewhere in some yeah. type of trade. Uh, right. Whatever. And it's like, if it doesn't work out, it's like you spend a sixth rounder and you're covering, at the very least, you're covering in case injuries because injuries happen. We've seen that already. So, yeah. No, yeah. it's a pretty but good, I will, solid I couple will moves. Say, uh, our boy Trey White was activated to the 53 man roster. Um, going to be very interested to see how they work him back in um, with the cornerbacks, the young cornerbacks doing so well. Um, I mean, you have to assume that Dane Jackson is your number two and um, Trey is number one, but you have Benford and Elam who have been playing very well. Um, and then you also rotate in Taron Johnson at the same time. So a lot of questions um, at the cornerback position, but I think it's a very good thing. Um, obviously, I don't think they should rush Trey in. Obviously, they had to activate him um, because they took him off of the IR, so they had to activate him within a certain amount. Does he play? We don't know. Um, but I think it's you know it's going to be good for – I mean, I, our defense has been playing so well. I can only imagine them with a Trey White in there, you know. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm really excited to see that. And think um, about and another thing that you know I completely forgot about is that we haven't really had to do it this much this year because we have such a good defensive line. But Trey White, they brought in as a cornerback to rush the line a lot. Uh, that's one of the things that he does. So that'll be interesting to see how they work that into the play calling, um, especially if we have corners that are doing very well and you know man to man. Um, we might be able to drop a corner down low to add that extra pass rush um, down in there um, while the other guys are on man-to-man without, you know, sacrificing coverage there. Um, yeah. It's just going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting, I think, the, you know, rest of the season. Yeah. Um, can't wait. Just, you know, want to keep everybody healthy. You know, that's the, <laughs> that's the big thing. Um yeah, is there anything else, you know, just while we're on the NFL, I guess, or, you know, around the league, aside from what we've talked about, trades that you saw that interest? I mean, obviously one to think about in the Bills division, right, the Miami Dolphins with Bradley Chubb. I uh, didn't know if you had any thoughts there. Um, no, there was a lot of guys that were talked about that were going to be moved and didn't end up getting moved. Uh, I thought it was a pretty quiet um 
was a pretty quiet trade deadline. Um, but I feel yeah. like we end up seeing that more often than not with football. Um, just like sometimes I just feel like, and the reason why they, I don't think there's as big of moves on trade deadline day in football is because realistically with it being such a large team, um, what you end up giving up for one player, um, I just don't think is worth it. Um, unless yeah. they're like actively going to be contributing to the 53, you know, the, the 11, you know, 11 man on field roster, you know, what's the point of sacrificing a potential draft pick for a guy that could end up being a free agent at the end of the year, you know? It's just, yeah. There's not a lot of movement just because I feel like you have to give up so much and like the cost for a player is so much, but do they end up really even making a direct impact to the field, you know, yeah. after that trade kind of thing? There's so many factors that go into it with 11 men on the field, I feel. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, sorry, I'm just going through. I figured we could recap our stuff um, with the college picks in a minute here. I'm just oh, tallying yeah. everything up. Um, Stude's filled his in, um, I believe. So You can just put L's across the board for me. Yeah, you got you had the clean sweep there. Yeah, that um, was bad. Yeah, I think Tudes. We'll, had... we'll just start that off with um, things have been really bad. Um you know, I lowered lowered the playlist this week to three. Thought that would help a little bit, and <laughs> yeah, I got burnt on every single one of them. Uh, USC missed covering. They won by twelve, I think it was. Wake Forest, absolute shit show. Um, and Michigan, just not enough gas in the tank. They were cruising, and then it just everything kind of fell apart there. Yeah. I just also didn't think that they were expecting uh, Michigan State to put up such a decent fight in the first half. Um, they, yeah. they kind of actually held their own. Um, so, but this week brings me to six twenty-one and one. And um, honest to God, if Tudor was on today, um, I was going to be taking a bye week. I was going to be making a bye week pick and saying that I am not picking this week because it's <laughs> so bad. Yeah. It's actually really bad for my bankroll. It's terrible. I've literally been so bad on Saturdays. Every other day of the week is totally fine. And Saturdays are what literally brings me right back to where I started off. Every it's rough, week. man. Every it's, single week. Those, those can happen. And, you know, when you're betting different stuff, um, it's, it definitely can happen. Right. But but it's, it's just comical at this point. It doesn't even yeah. make any sense. I'm literally picking teams that are good against the spread, and they just find a way to lose every single week. Yeah, it'll happen, yeah. man. Um, but, yeah, with, with that, I mean, I guess we can, we can make the transition here. Um, so just a quick recap for everybody with the college picks. Um, obviously, you know um, – Tudor's not on, but I do have the uh, the stats here really quick. Uh, he went one and two on his three picks. He had Ole Miss, Texas A&M. He had Ole Miss minus two and a half by the skin of his teeth. He covers that one for the W. Uh, the other two, Utah, Washington State, he had Utah minus seven L. Um, <laughs> he, oh, I got to remember to give it to him um, next week when he's on because you know what this one's about, Derek, the old Oklahoma State. 
For, I said it last week. <laughs> I said it for a couple mm-hmm. in a row. I said it. It was coming. It was going to happen, and sure as shit, boom. See you, Oklahoma State. You're exactly who I thought you were. Big Mike Gundy fan myself. I want to see them succeed, but something about Spencer Sanders, man. He just – if I'm – if I'm at all emotionally invested in a game that he's playing in, we just have not gotten along in the past, whether that's gambling or whatnot, usually gambling, but it's just, it hasn't worked out with me and him. Um, similar to Bo Nix in that way, but tough one there. He got ballsy. That's what you get for picking a money line underdog in college in a tight yeah, that game. Is a tough, that's That'll a tough get play. you, but sometimes it'll be a great payout. So I like Tudor swinging for it, but sorry, buddy. I told you so happens can say that um so i believe oh yeah that was last week. so i had two um kept it small i'm gonna be doing kind of a similar thing this week um i went one and one so we're just you know breaking even but um i had kansas state minus one and a half took care of business there um and it just was never a game i mean just from the oh, right off the start, it was you know Kansas State was feeling themselves, um, and then South Carolina, Missouri. This pick, uh, Derek, I feel you when you said you're picking teams, you know, on the you know in good spots. That's what mm-hmm. South Carolina was, and they just took a shit, um, got beat outright. Didn't cover, obviously. Um, Missouri won the game, so yeah, not good. Um, and it was pretty handedly too. I believe the score was like 23 to 10 or something. So it was, you know, significant to possession. So, um, and Derek, we're back to you, big guy, uh, Michigan Ooh. state, Michigan. I mean, just brutal. Michigan wins by 22, just awful wake forest. I was on them too. I didn't give it as a show pick, but I had them in a parlay and they absolutely hosed me. What a pathetic performance that was. Um, again, beat outright. They were never in the game. Essentially the, the turnovers, I think it was the third quarter or the second quarter. I mean, I think they had six of them. It was abysmal. It was one of the worst performances I've ever seen. Um, USC, Arizona, another one, just two, Arizona put up a fight, and it was just one of those games for USC. Um, to took the L there, so it's been it's been tough sledding, Derek. I feel you. It's been real tough sledding. Yep, I get you. Um, you said you didn't have any for this week. Are you going to throw in a couple? What do you um, think, or do you want me to go? Uh, you can go. I do have some. Um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go with that. Cool. Um, so I'm gonna start the first one. Uh, the biggest game, the game of the year at this point for um, the entire nation, college football, Tennessee, taking the trip to Georgia, number one versus number two. Right now, buddy, they got the fucking spread is eight and a half. Georgia is laying. It feels like this could be the rat line of all rat lines. But dude, eight and a half yeah. for the number two team in the country. And Georgia has not played anybody. I think it's a no-brainer. Tennessee plus eight and a half. Don't Thank care you. that it's a Georgia. It's a situational play. I don't need to look at a ton of stats to feel good about that bet, win or lose. So my initial pick, I will be taking the Tennessee Volunteers on the road 
minus or excuse me, plus eight and a half. Um, interesting total for this too. I don't know. Uh, 65 and a half seems a little high. Um, but in a weird way that almost makes me want to bet the over, but that will be a, probably an ad later in the week for me. Um, so yeah, I, we'll see what comes of that. I'm not really sure how I feel about it. It's one of those spots where I'm like, eh, I don't know. Um, and then another one um, here, a noon slate. I just don't understand this line. Texas A&M is at home. I think they've been playing a little better, but they're home against the Florida Gators. Line's 54. The total's 54, but the line's three and a half. Again, kind of a situation where I'm like, that line's weird. It's almost like they're trying to get me to take Florida. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know how I feel about that, but I'm, I'm trying to not overthink things. So I'm taking, you know, the three and a hook with Florida. Texas A&M has not impressed me. Um, you know, the offense is, you know, relatively potent. I know Texas A&M has a decent defense, but I'm going to go with the Gators um, with the lane hanging the uh, three and a half there. They're getting the three and a half points. So I'm um, going to stick with that. Um, another one too. Um, taking a bit of a risk on this one, but I think the line's just too low. It's a situational spot too. Baylor, Oklahoma. Baylor going to Oklahoma. Uh, line is three and a half for the Sooners. I don't know how I feel about that line, but I think if either of these teams win this game, um, you know, Oklahoma's had a rough year. I think they're going to, you know, try and make a statement here. They're going to go for it. Um, Baylor kind of the same thing. Not, you know, they started with some hype. They're just kind of, not really on many people's radar. I feel like I always thought they were overrated this year, but they got the total at 57 and a half. Um, I know Baylor has a decent defense. Oklahoma, you know, has their had their struggles, but that offense has shown they can score a lot of points. So, and Baylor's has too, uh, you know, on a, on a few different occasions. So I think seeing that line at 57 and a half, I have to take, um, I have to take the over in that, like, you know, Baylor regularly scores, you know, around 30 for the exception of the BYU game for the most part. And, you know, they lost. So, I mean, they put up 40 in a loss to West Virginia, um, you know, 23 against Kansas, you know, so they, um, or no, they put up 35, they beat Kansas, excuse me. But, you know, when they win, they score a lot of points and Oklahoma's games is just, they're, you're not going to need a ton out of them, but I think you can get a lot of points. I can see each of these teams putting up 30. So, Simple math there. The line's too low, so I'm going to take the over in that game um, with Baylor and Oklahoma. So those are my three picks. Let's see if I can remember them because I didn't get a chance to write them all down. So we got Baylor, Oklahoma, over 57 and a half. And then we got Tennessee minus or plus eight and a half. I'm used to seeing Tennessee as a favorite at this point. And um, Florida plus three and a half. So okay. those are my picks. Like those are my three. Do you have any that you want to throw in there, Big D? Yes. Um, we have here. Let's see. All right. So these teams cannot fail me. They can, but I hope to God they don't. 
<laughs> I am also on Tennessee eight and a half. Um, mm. I just think that's a very generous spread on in terms of a very close game that's been rivaled so much. Um, so we're going to go with that. Um, going to go with uh, my boys over at Tulane, 7-1-1 one, and one against the spread. I wanted to take that one. It felt I didn't. I didn't feel good about it. But I tell you what, if you're the only team, they're about the only team that's given me success the past couple of weeks. I'm going to tell you what, Derek. I'm going to take that. I'm going to bet that on Saturday. Um, and I'm also going to add that to my card right now. Solidarity. I'm going to try to give Um, you. I'm going to try and give you some some juju here, some good vibes to tell you. Because it's probably been a while since somebody's tailed you, from what I've gathered. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then wait, who's uh, who's Tulane playing? Um, they're playing. It's a a no name. I have to honestly look it up. Uh, I mean, it's not a no. I know the line's seven and a half, but um, I fucking it's escaping me who they're playing. They are playing. Um, See, it's like. Tulsa, not yeah, a no name. Okay. Not a no name. It feels like a trap a- game. I that's right. I flip flopped this. I thought I don't know why I thought I didn't think they were playing Tulsa. I screwed that up. I should have had this one on my card anyway, so I I have no problem adding it. But it feels like a trap game because they're giving you the seven and a hook. Tulane coming off a bye on the road in Tulsa. Tulsa's been kind of a pain in the ass team. Their offense they get a lot of points. So again, it doesn't. It seems like a rat line. They're trying to. They're begging you to take Tulsa because of that hook. I think it's a no-brainer. You take Tulane there. Yep. Um, and then my last pick there is going to be TCU minus nine and a half, six one and one against the spread, and that's all that we're going with. All right, my friend. Let's just get these filled in here. Florida's playing. Texas and then we got Florida plus three and a half, baby. All right, there's my four in there. Boom, Derek. I got the Tennessee, Georgia, and then we'll pop it in here, my guy. Love it. All right, um. Yeah, so that's the show, folks. I'll finish this up here, but um, like you said, we got um, one more time, Derek, rip through those picks quick just for the people so that they can write them down for yours. I'll do mine. We have Tennessee plus eight and a half, Tulane minus seven and a half, and TCU minus nine and a half. Love that. All right, my friend. Everybody, thanks for listening. Once again, everyone, um, you know, that's the show for us this week. Um, Tudor will be back joining us. I know we all miss the the wonderful everything that he brings to the show. Um, but, yeah, all is good. He'll be back. Um, and just once again, everybody that came out to send the – we talked about at the top, the opening of the store, it was a surreal experience. I can't say enough thanks and appreciation for our team and, you know, all our – followers and supporters it's so amazing thank you so much to everyone who showed up um keep your eyes peeled for more events to come up there now that we have that spot so um yeah stay tuned in we'll be back next week for another brand new episode go bills go sabers have a great rest of the week everybody we'll see ya ya. peace
Yeah.